1: Forward slash K Hey
2: Hendricks County, this is radio and TV commentator Abdul Hakim Shabazz, the editor and publisher of IndyPolitics.org. It's the place where smart Hoosiers
3: The Kevin Kersey Agency presents Central Indiana Today on 98.9 WYRZ. Today's program is made possible by the Kevin Kersey Agency, 701 North Green Street in Brownsburg. And now here's your host, Rob Kendall. Welcome into to another
0: edition of Central Indiana Today. I'm Rob Kendall. Thanks for joining us on the program going to speak with one of my heroes, one of the all-time great radio personalities in the history of Indiana Radio, Mr. Bill Shirk. Bill, thanks for being with us today. Well, thank you very much for the kind words. You know, it, it's interesting because I was telling people you were coming in and they said, ask him about this, ask him about that. When you look back on your career, when you started, did you think, man, I'm going to have such a profound impact on so many people?
4: Well, you know, the thing is, is that it was it was so much fun. And, and, and one of the things my daddy told me, says, no matter what you do, Bill, make sure you have fun. And radio, to me, was just always a lot of fun. The people that were in it were fun. Being able to come up with all kinds of promotions and ideas and gimmicks was fun and I think it was just fun and 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 if it wasn't fun I don't think it would have turned out the way it was.
0: Why did you get into radio? I know why I did it and I'm ashamed to admit it now but I did it to impress girls. Why did you get into radio? Well now I'm going to tell you a a story here. Actually uh, I was uh, uh,
4: listening to the radio with my father at seven o'clock at night in Muncie, Indiana back in 1963. I was a senior in high school and I said dad you know that guy uh, bill craig jr who's the owner's son on from seven to nine he plays all the top hits all the top stuff and i said if you got a radio station and put those kind of things on the air those top hits like the beatles like presley like all that good rock and roll stuff it would be a tremendous hit and so he went to the fcc he got a license uh and because it was my idea he gave me 10 percent of it And then he said, but Bill, you're going to start at the bottom. And so I was a janitor at the radio station for a year. And uh, finally, a weekend guy had quit. And Tom Cochran was at the station at the time. And I was at the AP machine cleaning up, and he said, hey, Bill, he said, why don't you apply, instead of being a janitor, you've got a great voice, why don't you apply for that jock uh, show on the weekend? And I said, ah, I don't want to work for my dad and have people think I've just got the job because of him. And he said, I'll tell you one thing, man, it's a great hustle. <laughs> and I said, <laughs> what do you mean? He says, women. And I said... Sold.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and Bill's going to actually spend two days with us. We're going to, today on Friday, and then Monday, Bill will be back with us for the second part. We're going to also talk about his legendary career as an escape artist, but uh, spend a lot of time on radio today. Um, when I was a kid, I used to, grew up in Brownsburg, and I used to, in the summer, sit in my room and listen to uh, what was the oldie station at the time, WQFE, mm-hmm. uh, owned by our, our friend Bruce Quinn, and I used to think, I used to hear the DJs talking. I used to think that's so cool because they would have people there at all hours. And I used to think at midnight, it's so cool the idea that you could pick up the phone and call somebody at midnight. And that was a, like alluring to me. What, what about radio was really alluring to you? Well, you had feedback because
4: you, you know, were constantly saying, give me a call and I'll play your favorite song. Now, whether you did or not, that's another thing, but at least <laughs> the person did you was calling me? Yeah, in. we'll get that right on, no problem. <laughs> we'll get it on, or I'd say, hey, I'll tell you what, I'll record you, but I can't do that song. How about you request this one? And then I'd let them say it, and then they request a yeah. different song. And they and felt good about that. Good. Oh, yeah, they yeah. felt good. They just wanted to get on the radio. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it was the, the really the thing I loved more than anything was being able to do a promotion and get somebody at a remote or something to show up. I mean, some of the things in Muncie, Indiana, uh, on ERK, we would have remotes, and we'd have five, 600 people show up for a radio remote. Now, remember, back in those days, back in the 60s, There was only one other radio station in town, and it was playing polka music, and it was a CBS affiliate. Literally playing
2: polka
0: music. With
4: Arthur Godfrey. So there was nothing else. There was no television because we were so far away. Right. There was no TV. I mean, you could get the stations, but there wasn't a TV in the market. And it was like you were... A celebrity because you were really outside of, you know, there was no professional basketball team. There was no television station. There was, you know, there's no internet. There right. was no nothing. It was just this radio station. And good heavens, the people that uh, came out of ERK, Dave Letterman, I gave him his first job in radio, Tom Cock.
0: Now, wait, wait a second. Time out here because I was going to get to this, but you touched on it. So let's go into this real quick if we can. Tell us about hiring David Letterman.
4: Well, uh, what had happened is is that uh, Tom Cochran was uh, getting married, and he had planned on taking a, uh, a two-month sabbatical, because he was working full-time for us at the radio station, and he was going to go with his wife, and they were going to travel Europe, and he wanted a replacement, and he said, hey, I got this guy from Ball State And he says, his name's Dave Letterman. I said, you mean that guy that's on the carrier current station there? He was so popular. I mean, people would call me on the phone on ERK and say, hey, you need to hire this guy. This guy is really good on this radio station. And a carrier current station was like in a dormitory. You could only hear it in that dormitory. Right. And so, anyway, he came in for an interview. And uh, he interviewed with my mother and I. And uh, we hired him. And uh, uh, I tried to hire him again because he left me. He was with me for about six months, and then he left to come down to be the, on WNAP, and then he was on, uh, uh, doing weather on Channel 13. And then Emma's Broadcasting and Jeff Smullian, uh got WNTS and hired him to do middays with Baker in the morning and him middays and somebody else in the afternoon. And they elected to since it just didn't really have the ratings, it was a daytime station, it was very difficult at the time. FM was starting to eat into all the numbers of AM. And so uh they decided to change to a religious format. And so I thought, wow, I had Joe Pickett in the morning, which was a legendary guy, along with Pickett and Weber and Carolyn Churchman, and I had Casey Jones in the afternoon, and I was doing middays and I, I thought, wow, I wonder if I can get Letterman. So I called him on the phone and I said, Hey Dave I know that it's not working out there at NTS. How about coming to work for me? And he says, no, I'm going to get in my truck with my dog, and I'm going to Hollywood, and I'm going to become a star. <laughs> and I said, you know, I envy you so much. I would love to go to Hollywood and be a star, but I'm stuck with this radio station in Indianapolis. <laughs> now, did you think Letterman had it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he did. He did. He, he had drive, and he, he's a, just a little off the wall right and at that time being a little off the wall was something that was really popular right uh he just looked at things a little differently he had a good wit a good sense of humor and he was a good businessman right he was also a good
0: businessman we're going to take a quick break here from our underwriters when we come back we will continue our conversation with legendary indiana broadcaster bill shirk you're listening to central indiana today
5: this is amanda johnson with wiley's brownsburg Wiley's is a locally owned ice cream shop located at 1022 East Main Street in Brownsburg. We offer delicious ice cream cones, sundaes, shakes, malts, and bubble tea. Wiley's is open Sunday through Thursday, 1230 to 9, Friday and Saturday, 12 to 930. More information about our flavors and specialty Sundays can be found on our Facebook page or Instagram account by searching Wiley's Brownsburg. Wiley's is a proud supporter of Central Indiana Today go Bulldogs.
6: This is Jody Harley with Brownsburg Academy. Brownsburg Academy provides child care for families with classes focusing on child development. Brownsburg Academy provides daily activity reports, progress reports, and monthly newsletters to parents. Our hours of operations are 6 a.m. to 6:30 p.m. Brownsburg Academy is located at 685 Patrick Place. More information can be found at BrownsburgAcademy.com or by calling 317-858-8033.
7: This is Dave Thomas for TNT Tax. TNT Tax is a local small business that performs tax preparation for personal and sole proprietor businesses as well as LLCs. My wife and I have been preparing taxes together in our family-owned business for 25 years. TNT Tax is located at 53. Eighty-nine Rockville Road, Suite 900 in Indianapolis. Our phone number is 317-244-7900.
0: Indiana Family Dentistry is located at 505 North Green Street in Brownsburg. Dr. Will Hine practices general and cosmetic dentistry with services ranging from veneers and whitening to implants and complete smile restorations. Indiana Family Dentistry's phone number is 852 and website is infamilydentistry.com. Indiana Family Dentistry is a proud supporter of Hendricks County and Community Radio. Again, our guest is the legendary uh, Bill Shirk. Uh, probably, not probably, is one of the five most important people, in my opinion. My humble opinion. You know, I host the show. So well, I it like matters, your right? opinion. Yeah, your opinion's yeah. great. In, in the history of Indiana <laughs> Radio, I mean, I would say you talk about the people that inspired me. You are certainly one of them, and it's such such a great uh, a great thrill. And I have to ask this. Uh, I'm obligated to ask this question. It's just a bad question to ask, but I'm going to ask it. If you were to look back on all of your successes that you've had, because you've had them not just here in Indiana, but all over the globe what is the one thing you would say I am most proud of that I M- got him most to think proud of yeah that. what are you most proud of maybe not the biggest success but something you say I'm so proud of that
4: Um. wow I don't know uh, I'll tell you I was very very proud of receiving the Indiana Broadcasters Hall of Fame award that was something I really wanted in my life to achieve and, and that was kind of a a crowning
0: jewel to the whole uh, radio concept. What does that mean to a broadcaster to go into the Hall of Fame? Because, like, I watched the ceremonies and I just saw you go in, and obviously Bob and Tom go in, and you see all these legendary people. What does it mean to a recipient of that that award? Well, it it means
4: that your peers are finally. Uh not finally but your peers are are, are respecting what you did and uh recognizing you for what you are you know bob and tom were inducted into the national broadcasters hall of fame the year before they were inducted this year with me into the (laughs) indiana broadcasters hall of fame which you go wait a minute here that's kind of fishy but (laughs) you got to remember I was always known as a rebel, you know, to own radio stations and to be on the air and to be as obnoxious as I was uh, and do the things that I did and the stunts and the escapes. I was very much a rebel, not in the not in the uh, true mold of a broadcast. Right. And, of course, Bob and Tom, they were always on the edge. Right. I mean, th- you know, the minister who came out against them turned them into a national celebrity, right. let's, let's face it. But they were always on the edge, always kind of questionable. And so it, it was, you know, I, I always wondered why Bob and Tom weren't in, and I always wondered why I wasn't in. And then all of a sudden uh, I get a call from Ed Railing, who was a business partner of mine for years, he says, guess what, Bill? He says, I'm being inducted into the Hall of Fame. I said, well, Ed, congratulations. That's fine. And in my heart, I'm going, what the? And he (laughs) says, and guess who else? And I said, who? He says, you. And I said, wow, wow, wow. It was a very humbling experience.
0: Uh, Bill, as you look at the state of radio now, and, and when you started in radio, the DJ was a big thing it was a it was a huge deal you know talking up music and being funny and being creative was a big deal did you ever think we get to the point now where the personalities for lack of a better term are almost in many cases interchangeable
4: yeah uh the personality you know unless you're doing a show such as a bob and tom or such as a rush limbaugh or somebody that's doing talk radio where you can really be involved and be a personality Right now, the program director's concept is play the music and keep your mouth shut.
0: Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's a very it's a very true thing, and it's probably sad for a guy like you, who not only was good at it, but you employed people who were good at it, you made a living out of it, and you entertained a lot of people doing it.
4: Well... You know, it's a question of you know preparing and how much time you have to prepare. And I can remember uh, in the latter days of when I owned three radio, three FM radio stations and a TV station and an AM. And I was on all three FM stations. I was on in the morning. I also did a show in the afternoon with Tony Amart. I did middays on uh, the uh, uh, Jam and Oldie station, and then I, on on Smooth Jazz I did night. So. You can't really devote a lot of time to being a personality. You just kinda have to cover the basics. Right. And then you get into these national program directors. We were uh, controlled by a smooth jazz outfit and they pretty much told you what you do. You know, you always end you always start out saying Smooth Jazz one oh one point one or whatever it is, the title of the song, Who Sang It and Coming Up and you're listening to Smooth Jazz, you know, it was like, Okay, give me this script and we'll read it. So uh, it, it, there's so many stations now that are owned by different end of, you know different companies that have so many different stations that they try to utilize one personality like I was able to be on three stations which meant I was not having to pay three disc jockeys. I was doing it. I was uh, the, one of the top three salesmen. I didn't have to pay me to be one of the top three salesmen. I was the program director, along with Scott Wheeler. Didn't have to pay me to do that. So the, the bottom line is, is I was just filling a lot of people's shoes because I was competing against big companies here. You know, Susquehanna, right. Amos, big, big operations.
0: Did, did they give you grief? Did they ignore you? Were they trying to put you out of business?
4: Well, I came into the market, and uh, I think the general manager of WZPL at the time, which was the number one CHR station, had about a 10-share. He said, Bill Shirk will be lucky if his signal goes past 465. Because remember, this was a 3,000-watt radio station. It was an 80-90 docket that I had worked on for 10 years to finally receive. And they really didn't know what the coverage area of a 3,000-watt. I knew it was going to cover all the county and all the other counties, and it did. And he said also, Bill Shirk will probably end up killing himself doing a stunt to promote the station. (laughs) So I got on the radio instantly, and he was my main target. I just nailed that guy every time I was on the radio, made him out. Anyway, took me about a year we put him down to about a 10 down to a 3-1 we were up at a 6-5 the very first book within three months tlc and i might want to explain something one of the reasons hot 96 was so successful is at the time the uh r&b station the uh, tlc did not play any rap music and the chr didn't play any hip-hop Well, if you looked at the top 30 songs on the Billboard charts, 15 of them were hip-hop and rap. So when I came on the air with Hot 96, I was playing 15 songs that people wanted to hear that they couldn't hear anywhere except there. And we took TLC. I think they had a, they were up in the 9-9 share and took them all the way down to a 4-3, and we came out in the first book with a 5-2 or something like that. So they then turned their AM into a to compete with us. But mainly TLC was the main competition and ZPL. The other stations really didn't, weren't in that market.
0: You started, before you were in radio, you have something in common with probably the brightest radio guy that I ever worked for, Russ Oasis. I think you know know Russ. I know Russ. You guys both started at ad ad agencies. Right. And uh, I'm curious because Russ was such a great sales mind. He was an interesting guy to work for, a little eccentric, but he had a great sales mind you had a great sales mind how much did that ad agency experience help you in the radio business well
4: my father owned an ad agency ever ever since i can remember i mean he handled the pepsi account he handled the marsh account in fact he came up with the village pantry concept for marsh he had overhead door he held you know the republican national committee he he was an advertising third largest in the state of indiana and every saturday morning i would go in with him ever since i can remember and sit in the uh art room and he'd allow me to you know mess with the art stuff and he would talk about promotions and ideas you like sales i i it's my least favorite but i'm probably (laughs) as good at it as anybody because when it gets down to the bottom line i can sell
0: because that is at the end of the day and that's something that hasn't changed in radio if you can sell it you can be on the air right
4: right well you know there's very few people on the air that like to sell yeah and there's very few people that can sell that are any good on the air. So it's it's kind of a weird situation. But I, I was able to develop a lot of relationships by being on the air and being a salesman and when you walk into the station or walk into the other place of business and you're the guy that owns the place, you're the guy that's the general manager, and you're on the
0: air in the afternoon, I'm going to cut you a spot. You have a little advantage. Right. You have a little advantage. Uh, when you... Uh, you talked about with your dad because that's really interesting and one of the things that's interesting to me now we have a president who was very influenced by his father in the same business was your dad proud of you what you became of yourself
4: well my, my father uh, didn't get married till he was 36 years old he didn't ha- have me till he was 40 so he died when I had just started working at WXLW about the third year here in Indianapolis I just started in the stunt escape uh, stuff he saw me a couple of times on tv but he passed away in 1980 but no he was very proud of me uh and i, I the reason i left muncie indiana and came to indianapolis because i mean i had a nightclub in in muncie indiana i, you know, I had a neat pad i was the jock on the radio station i was running the station and i just felt like maybe i'm here because my dad I just got to go prove myself somewhere else. So I sent an air check down to WXLW in Indianapolis, and they hired me the next day.
0: We're going to take a quick break, hear from our underwriters. When we come back, we will continue our conversation with legendary Indiana broadcaster Bill Shirk. You're listening to Central Indiana Today. Rob Kendall here, speaking with Donald James from Impact Youth Mentoring. Donald, what is Impact Youth Mentoring?
8: Rob, we are a not-for-profit group pairing mentors with at-risk youth in Hendricks County and developing tomorrow's leaders.
0: Again, I guess this is Bill Shirk, Indianapolis, our Indiana radio legend. Uh, Is it weird going from being an owner to working for someone? I mean, moving back, I mean, I get that you work your way up to own a station, but you go from being an owner to working for somebody.
4: Yeah, I uh, uh, came to Indianapolis and worked for a guy named uh, Gruy, and he owned a station in Richmond, Virginia, and a station here in Indianapolis. And uh, he, I said, I can, I'm can. i going to still have to run. I'm going to go off the air in Muncie, but I'll still do afternoons here. But I'm going to be uh, two mornings a week in, in, in Muncie. I said, I will program the station. I will run the station. I will make this station a success. I've even got a guy that will be your sales manager. It's going to be a sales manager. And he says, but I'm going to hire this guy to be the general manager of the radio station. And I said, fine. So anyway... After about three months, the station was really doing well. It was really improved, had a lot of listenerships, and I went on vacation. And I came back from vacation, and this general manager had pulled a bunch of the records from the record list and told some of the jocks that they couldn't do what they were doing. So I walked into his office and I said, "You got to be the dumbest guy on the planet Earth. Here's what we're going to do right now. We're going to call Fred Gruy, the owner of this radio station. And I'm either going along with the sales manager, or your ass is out of here now." <laughs> And guess what? His ass was out of there now. These, these people that have no understanding of programming, that come in and mess around with programming. I don't know how many sales managers and general managers and other properties that have done this. They don't know. They just don't know what's going on.
0: When you, and just using Russ as an example, when you would see a guy like a Russ Oasis that would come in and make an impact, did you learn from guys like that? I mean, there were, I'm sure, Russ-type guys who were independent owners like yourself – all throughout the course of your career who would come in and make an impact. Did you learn from them? They say plagiarism is the greatest form of flattery.
4: Well, I would go to Miami and list a QAM. I'd go to Chicago and list a L.S., WCFL, I'd ABC Cousin Brucey in New York, uh, KHJ in Los Angeles, and anything is fair game. Anything. Yeah. And, so, I, I, you know, I, I, if he had a contest on the air that I thought, wow, I'll just tweak that a little bit and use it. Right but uh, no i, I he's uh, he's one of those guys very one, one of those very few guys that's an owner and understands program i don't know whether he was ever on the air was he, ever yeah, on the he
0: yeah he What's was he on right? the air? went by the name rusty nail i think rusty <laughs> nail <laughs> It's it's fascinating, too, as I evolve in in radio, and I started when I was 18, very young like yourself, and now I'm in my early 30s. And, you know, I think about how little I appreciated what I had when I had it at a young age, and I wish I could go back in a time machine and learn better and be more appreciative. And I'm curious at what point a guy like yourself, who was very famous, was very well-known in any market he was in, when it finally hit you and you stood back and said, this is pretty cool, I really ought to savor what I've got. Or did that ever happen?
4: I don't know whether that ever happened. Um, uh, I, 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 my my career was so intertwined with the escapes right. that it almost kind of took over the radio. And, and people say, why in the world did you do escapes? Well, it's real simple. Harry Houdini was the greatest promoter in the world, and who did he promote? He promoted himself. Right. And what did he promote? Magic. So, for example, in 1926... He did an upside-down, straight-jacket escape at the Indianapolis News Building, drew 26,000 people, packed his magic house for a month. So I'm thinking, wow, why don't I use escapes to get free publicity to promote my radio, television, Right
0: stations and yeah. so
4: that's basically why i got into it
0: and on monday's show we're going to spend most of the time talking with bill about his uh his legendary escapes all right let's talk about uh, the state of the business now about where broadcasting is going uh, are you nervous about where terrestrial radio is is headed well there's
4: always going to be a place for local radio local radio i uh, had the station up in lebanon you have a station here in brownsburg you you have you basically serve the community and, and a lot of communities don't have radio stations and they can be a very powerful tool for your sports programs, your high schools and stuff like that. So I I think local radio is going to stick around. I don't know. I I don't know whether consolidation is down the pike where they're going to allow people to consolidate even more, which I think will suppress the basic creativity of radio um, the Internet, you know, is what has really hurt radio, but it has absolutely destroyed newspaper. They're down 40 percent um, television, regular television is down like 30 percent um, cable still strong and radio is hanging in there at about a 2 percent growth. But back when I sold my stations in 2000. Heavens, um, we were, everything was growing in radio across the country in double digits, twelve, thirteen percent every month.
0: Yeah, I, I was working uh, for uh, Mickey Mauer's conglomerate there at the time. I was a producer for the Indians, and I remember when he sold the, that that uh, that group, that cluster over there, and
4: seventy what- million. <laughs> And it wasn't cash
0: flow and a dime. but And you can speak to this, because I I always heard this, and I have no idea if this is... Can you imagine getting a check for $70 million? I'm sure you've cashed some big checks in your day. Not like that. (laughs) But I always heard this about Mickey, and I never had a chance to meet him personally, but that after he sold that station, he kind of was... Yeah, he had a lot of money, but he was kind of lost because he loved radio. Well,
4: Mickey Maurer is... You know, he started in radio with Jeff Smolian, Yeah. And uh, they had a parting of the ways, and then he went and bought a station in Milwaukee and then came back and bought TPI. But his sale of TPI and the other radio stations that went along with it is, in my opinion, the greatest sale in the history of broadcasting. Yeah. Unbelievable, because, you know, everything's based on cash flow. So if you're not cash flowing anything, in other words, at the end of the day, if there's no cash flow— Right that's what everything's based on. That's what they sell on. He had none and he got 70 million. <laughs> you know, it's funny cause the, the guy he brought in, which was his troubleshooter from Dallas, the mm-hmm. guy that owns intercom mm-hmm. brought in his troubleshooter from Dallas. And he's a friend of mine. And, and he, he called me the first week he was in town. <laughs> he said, how am I going to pay the debt
0: on
8: this <laughs> radio
0: station? Ugh, wow. I was, uh, I was enamored as a young boy by the song W.O.L.D. by Harry Chapin. Familiar with the song? Sure. And it's amazing how accurate that song ended up being as I progressed through my my radio career. Um, Is there is there any songs about radio or is there any books about radio or anything that really influenced your career?
4: Well, as far as my broadcasting career, I only took one course in college. The the people that really influenced me were the Larry McCabe's, the Tom Cochran's, the, the, all the different individuals that I've had the opportunity to work through through all the years. And, and again, uh, there's no way I would have been able to achieve anything like what I've achieved without the help of a lot of tremendous, tremendous broadcast people.
0: The FCC is looking at Ways to help try to save radio. One of the things they've done is open up frequencies like this. If you were to advise the FCC, they said, "Mr. Shirk, we're we're we need your counsel." What would you say to them? Make me the head of it.
4: <laughs> Make me the head of it right now. I know what needs to be changed.
0: What is it? Can you give us, like, one one thing? If you were to say, do this, guys.
4: All the ridiculous rules and regulations and everything that radio stations have to do to comply with the rules and regulations are just ridiculous. They're ridiculous.
0: All right. Uh, that is going to do it for today's portion of the program. On Monday, Bill's going to be with us to talk about his amazing career. He touched on a little bit here as an escape artist. Plus, we're going to get back into just, just a couple more radio points as well. I want everybody to have a very safe and happy weekend. Don't forget, if you missed any part of Central Indiana today, you can go back and listen anytime you want. We're on SoundCloud and iTunes. You can download the show right to your smartphone or tablet. All you have to do, just search Central Indiana today. You can Go back and listen anytime you want. As always, our podcast presented by McDonald's. Until next time, I'm Rob Kendall saying have yourself a great weekend.
3: You've been listening to the Kevin Kersey Agency presents Central Indiana Today on 98.9 WYRZ. Made possible by the Kevin Kersey Agency, 701 North Green Street in Brownsburg. An archive of today's program can be heard at our website, wyrz.org. Tune in next time for another edition of the Kevin Kersey Agency presents Central Indiana Today with your host, Rob Kendall.
0: Hello,
1: this is Kevin Kersey. Since 1968, our family has been helping customers with their insurance needs. We provide insurance coverage for life, home, auto, and recreational vehicles. We are located at 701 North Green Street in Brownsburg and our phone number is 317-286-3481. The Kevin Kersey Agency can also be found on Facebook at The Kevin Kersey Agency or at our website, www.farmersagent.com forward slash kkersey. The Kevin Kersey Agency is a proud member of the Farmers Insurance Group.
2: doesn't cost you a thing. So pay us a visit. IndyPolitics.org. It's where smart Hoosiers get their news.
5: This is Amanda Johnson with Wiley's Brownsburg. Wiley's is a locally owned ice cream shop located at 1022 East Main Street in Brownsburg. We offer delicious ice cream cones, sundaes, shakes, malts, and bubble tea. Wiley's is open Sunday through Thursday, 1230 to 9,
6: progress reports, and monthly newsletters to parents. Our hours of operations are 6 a.m. to 6 30 p.m. Brownsburg Academy is located at 685 Patrick Place. More information can be found at brownsburgacademy.com or by calling 317-858-8033.
7: This is Dave Thomas for TNT Tax. TNT Tax is a local small business that performs tax preparation for personal and sole proprietor businesses as well as LLCs. My wife and I have been preparing taxes together in our family-owned business for 25 years. TNT Tax is located at 5389 Rockville Road, Suite 900, in Indianapolis. Our phone number is 317-244-7900.
8: You can find us on Facebook by searching Impact Youth Mentoring or at our website, impactyouthmentoring.org.
0: Indiana Family Dentistry is located at 505 North Green Street in Brownsburg. Dr. Will Hine practices general and cosmetic dentistry with services ranging from veneers and whitening to implants and complete smile restorations. Indiana Family Dentistry's phone number is 852-5999 and website is infamilydentistry.com. Indiana Family Dentistry is a proud supporter of Hendricks County and Community Radio.